Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And today on the show, this might sound very corny, but I'm going to interview me. Well, I probably won't interview myself, but I want to tell you about an extraordinary experience I had just about a month ago. If you've listened to the show before, you know that I'm somebody who's really, really not only passionate about digging into the world of life after death and proving that we survive physical death, but I'm also someone who believes that when we don't have the fear of dying, we don't have a fear of living, and we can go after our dreams. In addition, I know from my past that grief hurts. If you're someone who has lost a loved one and you're looking for proof of their survival, this is a place to find it. Um, I'm very, very passionate about helping people through grief, helping people back into life, and by understanding that your loved one has not died. They're in a place just invisible to you, but they are with you. And I know from my own experience, that makes a ton of difference with our grieving and our healing. So why I'm interviewing myself today is I got a phenomenal opportunity to study at a place called the Arthur Finley School in Stansted, England. And if you're not familiar with the Arthur Finley School, it's where some of the top mediums in the world got their start. It is literally... Uh, it says on their sign, Arthur Finley College Stansted, the world's foremost college for the advancement of psychic science. I know that's a mouthful, but here is how I got involved. If you've heard some of these episodes that I have done, and this is episode number 102, wow, 102. But you've heard me interview some mediums. I I interview all kinds of people looking for evidence of life after death and stories. And several of the people that I've interviewed, when I asked them, how did they get their first start in mediumship? The answer many of them have given me is that they attended this Arthur Finley College. And now I didn't know what the Arthur Finley College was. So I went to the website, arthurfinleycollege.org, and made myself familiar. And week after week, they hold different courses that deal with mediumship. That's that's it. Um, different forms of mediumship. Yes, there are different ways people connect. And there's tutors that come in from all over the world, and we'll teach these intensive courses about being a medium. And You may have heard episode one with me that I had taken a course in mediumship back in 2002 with the famous Doreen Virtue. And in the course of a weekend, I very accurately told people some information about their deceased loved ones that blew my mind because, uh, number one, I'm not somebody who really even believed that mediumship was possible back in 2002. And if it was, 
I certainly would not have the gift of being able to do it. So that was one of the steps that I took to prove that life after death is real, was this course in mediumship. And I'm embarrassed and um, kind of upset with myself that I didn't go on after that to even talk about it with people. Uh, it, it really took gosh, several years before I told anybody that I was studying life after death for fear of what people would think of me. Um, but back in that weekend when I took the course, as right as I was with some people about who their deceased loved ones were, I was also very wrong with other people. So I knew that, yes, indeed, uh, mediumship is real because I experienced it, but I was not able to differentiate what is my own imagination, and what are loved ones coming through. And so, for the last, that was 2002, I'm recording this here, uh, June 24th, 2016, that was 14 years ago. And in my mind, all these years, I've had this question, am I somebody who can accurately tell the deceased to people around others? And even you've heard me interview now a bunch of people over the past two years. And I've been hiding out with this fear, you know, this curiosity. Do I have the gift? You know, thinking it's a gift. But I had too much of a fear to try it for fear of being wrong. You know, my biggest fear is someone loses a loved one, finds out I attended a mediumship course and says, oh, who do you see around me? Can you see my loved one? What's the message? And then for me to make something up or have it be wrong. So I, I, gosh, I talk all the time about being courageous and I have to be honest with you. I've been a wimp in this field for a long time. So lo and behold, I'll fast forward a little. I found out about this Arthur Finley College and it wasn't quite a year ahead of time, but it was, oh, many, many, many months ahead of time. I decided to book myself uh, into a six-day course, intensive course, that is teaching about mediumship. Lucky for me, my friend Darla chose to come with me, so I wasn't alone, and I had a roommate, which was fantastic. And the two of us go to the Arthur Finley College. Now, I want you to picture something like Hogwarts, okay? Um, in fact, if you go to my website, we don't die radio.com and look at episode 102, I have a picture of the Arthur Finley College. So just imagine Darla and I showing up, not having a clue what we're really in for, hearing these stories of how intensive the training is and how hard it is. And of course, it's all on mental ability. And then I'm also fighting the voice inside of my head that says, yeah, it worked for you years ago, Sandra, but it's not going to work again. You know, you're no medium. You wasted your money. You, you know, we all have that little voice inside of our head that is not our best friend. Uh, even my own little voice right now is saying, I'm rambling on. How can you interview yourself? You just can't. So I'm putting that aside because my story is important. Uh, and I hope, I do hope you enjoy this episode. So we show up at the Arthur Finley College, big, big, old, old, old estate, really beautiful. But I'm feeling like it's the haunted mansion from Disneyland. I'm feeling that once I get in into those rooms and in that building, there's going to be some weird stuff that happens. You know, so I was really nervous. Well, we check in. We got a beautiful room, uh, beautiful old estate, and I started feeling a bit at ease. Um, they have, 
I, you know, I'm Catholic by, well, it's my faith that my parents chose for us growing up. So I'm used to going to church services. And on the first night, the Sunday night after we checked in, they said that there would be a public service at 7.30 p.m. And okay, great. Um, very excited to go to the sanctuary and, and be part of that service. And they also had given us some questionnaires to fill out. Uh, there were probably about a hundred of us there for this workshop this week in the class. And the questions were based on what was our level of experience in the world of spiritual stuff and mediumship and things. And and for me, yes, I've taken a couple of um, one weekend course, and I think I took another course on a Sunday about mediumship, but I was a beginner. So I ended up going into a group of people that were also what I would call beginners. Some people just interested in mediumship, some people who have dabbled in it, it, dabbled in it a little bit, but I felt like I was in the right place. So let me still back up to, to Sunday night. This church service was absolutely amazing. And for anybody who is not aware, the, um, there is a religion called spiritualism. And the Arthur Finley College is run by spiritualists. And in the spiritualist faith, there, are, there are some great teachings which remind me of our, some of our Christian philosophies, you know, really great things about love one another and many, many wonderful things. Um, but what makes a service so different than what I'm used to is after the readings and after the songs and after, you know, us Catholics call it the homily, but um, after the speaking that the minister does, at the end of the service or close to the end, the ministers are all mediums and they will get up on the platform and talk to the people in the congregation about who their deceased loved ones are with them. And guys and gals listening right now, it was mind-blowing. There were two different ministers that took turns um, on the platform, and the level to which they told people who the deceased loved ones were was just fantastic. Now, they didn't know right away which person belonged to who? You know, they would say, okay, I feel myself in the back of the room here. Um, someone lost a, a, a father to throat cancer, you know, something very, very specific. And sure enough, you know, somebody would raise their hand. And then as um, they call the person receiving the message, the sitter, they call the medium or minister, medium or minister, and then our deceased loved one that's in the spirit world is the communicator. So that's the lingo. The sitter, whoever's receiving this message, is only directed to say yes, no, or I don't know when a medium is telling them who their loved one is. Um, there is some kind of a law, actually, in the UK about medium readings, and there has been quite a bit of fraud, both in the United States and probably worldwide. But in England, in the first 10 minutes of a medium reading, 
if you are not getting any information or accurate information, you don't have to pay for the reading. You can the, the reading can come to an end and no money exchanged and that's fine. So, I mean, it, it really is credible. Um, the mediums, many of the mediums, um, and the ethics are amazing what they taught us at the Arthur Finley school, but now, now I digress. Uh, but as a sitter, we don't want to feed the medium any information because honest to God, there are frauds out there. There are people that, are charging a lot of money and they promise that they're going to connect you with your loved one. And I know how painful grief is. And um, I've paid a lot of money to try to hear messages from my loved ones. And so, um, you know, we're in a very fragile state when we've lost a loved one. And, you know, I, I, I do know some people that have gotten really scammed. And so, in the spiritualist faith here, uh, they direct all the sitters, because um, we were practicing on each other, but we can only say yes, no, or I don't know when the information comes. And and we really want specifics. We want, it might not get somebody's name, but what did they do for work? What Maybe what they looked like? What did they pass away from? Um, some shared memory between the two of you. The What makes spiritualism different really different from the faiths that I've studied is that they are proving the existence of life after death. And I think that is just amazing because when we really believe our loved ones are here, wow, we can live a whole different kind of life. And there's healing too that happens within spiritualism. And there are some different things that make it different. But on this particular evening, I went to bed that night after being part of that service, just completely delighted and happy. And I knew I was in the right place, even though I was scared because I knew it was just a few hours later that I'd actually have to be attempting to give a medium reading to someone. So the the night... um, I slept really well. The beds are comfy. My friend Darla wasn't, was there and I haven't seen her in years. So that was really fun. And we wake up early the next morning and at 8 a.m. they had breakfast ready for us. And as you know, I'm a caterer and do lots of big buffets for my race car teams that I cook for. And so it was fun to go into someone else's dining room and they had big buffets as well. And the food was fantastic. Really, really, really good. Breakfast, lunch, dinner buffets and super friendly staff. And so definitely our bellies were well cared for. We, they posted our, they had a, a bulletin board kind of place. And you could go to the board and see your name and which group you'd be put in uh, for the remainder of your stay. So we'd stay working with our same groups and, well, this was like our personal class and we'd learn our mediumship there. And so I got to see, I was in a class with a beautiful woman named Jenny Gomez. She was our tutor for my class. And after breakfast, we all would meet in the sanctuary again, where we'd start off with morning meditation, which was led by one of the tutors of the of the college. And then they would share... Um, they did speak on some different event, not event, some different um, piece of spiritualism or mediumship, and they really had some profound words. Each one of the instructors got an opportunity to do this on every day. And I'm not somebody, and I don't know how you feel about this, um, who's done very much meditation. 
I've heard that it's important. Um, I know that it feels good when I can quiet my mind, but truthfully, I've never, ever, ever taken the time to make it a practice. I just thought, yeah, it would be something good to do someday. And I've heard many people talk about meditation, but you know what? Maybe it's not for me. My mind's just too busy to slow it down. Well, something really interesting that I learned is to be not only a medium, but if you're somebody who wants to get a sign from your loved one, our minds have to be quiet to be able to uh, be present enough to actually see um, one of these miraculous signs we may receive. I know it's very difficult for me because my mind is always thinking many, many steps ahead um, thinking of the past, thinking of the future. There's always a to-do list that I never seem to finish. Um, my mind's all over the place. But to practice quieting the mind is, gosh, I, I'm going to recommend this to everybody. Now, it's almost a month since I've been home, and I've, gosh, only missed maybe a couple of days of doing my meditation now because I not only want to be a better medium, um, but I, I do want to have some strength over these random and very often mean thoughts that go through my head, very disempowering. And so meditation is a good thing. In addition, um, if you can imagine, I want to talk to you a little bit too about how mediums do connect with the loved ones in the spirit world. And if this is something that that interests you, it's a good thing, because I've been told that the spirit world actually needs more mediums. So if you're somebody who is interested in mediumship, there is a way that you can be trained in it. Now, I don't want to say that everyone is going to be a great medium. Um, and, and it's possible. I mean, what do I really know? But I think, you know, if you can imagine maybe a child prodigy who plays piano, you know, you see these little kids at the age of four or five years old and uh, they hear a song and they can just play it. I mean, some people are super, super gifted in just saying being a pianist. Others can become very, 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 very good, but they have to practice, practice, practice. And so, I believe uh, in my heart that all of us, to some degree, can communicate with those in the hereafter. A lot of people say not everybody can, and I think that that means maybe not everybody is meant to be a medium and have people come to them and and have an hour, half hour session and tell you who their loved ones are with you. Okay, so maybe not everybody's meant to do that, but that doesn't matter. It, it, if you want to learn to strengthen what you've got, you know, I think this is a, this conversation is, is a good thing to hear. It really is. So, 
I know I'm jumping around a little because, you know, as I record this, I'm sitting in my bedroom feeling like I'm talking to myself. But meanwhile, I know there are thousands of people listening and I appreciate you big time for being here. I really do. Especially, uh, I get many emails and some people have listened to every single episode. So if this is your first or your 102nd episode, really thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, um, Sometimes I can be a silly girl, but you also know that I have a heart that is gigantic, that wants to do my part so that we all live a great life, free from grief, free from fear, and really going after our dreams and making many of them come true. So if you are, gosh, you can hold out your hands right now if you're not you don't have your hands on the steering wheel. And if you're looking at your hands and your feet and your body, It's so easy to think that we are just the skin and bones that we are, right? It is. And then I even say it at the end of the episode uh, that we're a soul having a human experience. Now, that sounds great, right? So somewhere deep within us is the soul, and it sounds good, right? Well, at the Arthur Finley College, what I learned is we are... We're not a body that has a soul, we're a soul that has a body. And I say it that way because, um, have you heard the expression, uh, we all have an aura? You heard that word, the aura? Well, that's an energy field that living things have around them. And so, as a human being, when someone is looking at someone else's aura, They don't see something within the person. They see something that stretches way outside of the person. So our energy emanates, uh, gosh, I wish I could tell you how many feet (laughs) on the outside of you, but it's pretty big. You know, when you're feeling down, your energy level is not so big. When you're feeling great, you get this huge energy around you. Well, our soul, I want to say it's our greatness. It's we are so much bigger than just the body would have us believe. Uh, if you were to imagine yourself right now, um, imagine right in the center of your chest, the sun, a real tiny sun. Okay, can you imagine that? The sun shining in the sky, but imagine it in the center of your chest. And imagine that sun just growing, the brightness of the sun growing and extending all throughout your body, throughout your legs, throughout your torso, throughout your head, throughout your arms, your hands, and just imagine your soul self glowing. Well, that's not even the soul. Imagine that glow leaves your body and it fills the whole room that you're in right now, or your car, wherever you're listening to this. Imagine that there's just this huge glow like the sun that's emanating from your body. But I mean, even make it bigger, you know, and who knows how big. But we are, people say infinite beings, you know, I mean, we are, we're big. And um, and so while we're here on planet Earth, we've got this vehicle, this is our body that we have loaned for the time we spend on planet earth that might be a cheesy way of putting it but kind of you know um because once the body dies like you know i had a car that ended up in a junkyard once it's over me the driver i still exist so you the driver of your vehicle you still exist 
Same thing with your friends who are now in their family in the spirit world. They still exist. So, as a medium or as someone who is interested in maybe even not being a medium, but being able to connect with your deceased loved ones, or even just wanting to be the best soul you can be who has a body, it's important to realize that you are a spirit, a soul, a spirit. When we connect with our other, uh, our loved ones who have, gosh, I can't use the word died anymore, but it's crossed over or in spirit or in the hereafter. Um, spiritualists use the term spirits. Okay, so we are connecting with spirits. Well, we are a spirit in human form. We have and we do possess all of these, I want to call them magical things, as our spirit friends do in the hereafter. Uh, but we've kind of bought into this illusion that we're just human beings and you know we have to deal with this negative voice in our head and we're living on this planet Earth and a lot of good things happen, but as we all know, there's some really terrible things that happen and lots of pain and some pleasure, but life is not easy. But the soul, the spirit that we are can, in fact, connect with the spirits who have passed on. And that's, I think, the underlying um, first part of what I want to communicate is I'm not, and you're not, a human being trying to connect to a loved one that has passed away. You are a spirit who has a human body connecting to a spirit that no longer has a human body. So I'm giving myself goosebumps now, so that's a, a good thing because I'm I'm in the midst of this now. So let me tell you, I, I meet up with my group. So there's about 20 of us in Tudor Jenny Gomez's class. I think there are probably about 20 of us. And she's giving us the basics of mediumship. And I knew it was just a matter of time before we start practicing. Well, what I wasn't aware of is that we would be learning how to do a psychic reading before doing a medium reading. And I never had too much interest in psychic stuff because I've talked to a couple of psychics and they were a little bit vague and it almost seemed like I wanted them to tell me when I was going to meet a man, fall in love, when I was going to become successful. And I've had, if, if you don't know this, I'm 50 years old. I'm still single. Uh, if you know any great guys, you know, certainly send them my way. That'd be great. <laughs> but I've talked to uh, many a fortune teller who would see in my near future this tall, handsome man coming into my life and me living happily ever after. Well, I've been hearing about this man coming uh, since I was 19 years old, and I'm now 50, and he hasn't shown up, right? So I had in the world of psychics as like lunatics, like don't go to a psychic, that stuff is just ridiculous. And I always thought too, you know, nobody could tell you the future, you know, because we have free will. Um, 
So I was very surprised that the first thing we were learning was psychic communication. So I thought, well, okay, this is the best school on the planet for learning mediumship. I'm going to learn what this is all about. So it wasn't at all what I thought it would be. So if you could imagine that you are sitting across from a person and you're going to do a psychic reading on another person. And this all, by the way, ties in with how we do a medium reading. So they're giving us the foundation of how we read someone else's aura, someone else's energy field. Person sitting in front of you, okay, um, how do I even start this? Well, number one, our mind has to be quiet. Um, gosh, I'm guessing you're like me, who sometimes might be afraid to tell people you're interested in learning about life after death. Uh, I was very fearful and didn't tell many people I was flying to England to go to a medium class. Even sitting in the class at the Arthur Finley School, my mind is telling me, like, I'm crazy. I shouldn't be here. This is insane. This is never going to work. Uh, it, gosh, I, I live in such a negative head, and I know I'm not alone, because I, I know I'm not alone. <laughs> you may be the, just the same way. Well, what I want to tell you is there's two sides of our brain. There's the left brain and the right brain. And if you're a right-handed individual, your left brain is your brain that's analytical. It's the brain that's really good at math the brain that's really good at figuring things out. It's the detective. But it's also the side of the brain where the voice in your head lives. It says, I can't do it. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. Um, you know, mine says you'll always be single. <laughs> you'll be one of these old ladies with a hundred cats. You know, it's very negative. Well, that is all housed in the left side of the brain. Now, our right brain is for our imagination, our creative side, our artistic abilities, and our psychic faculties. Okay, that's right brain. And if you're left-handed, these this would just be the opposite for you, however that works. So when we are doing either a psychic reading or a medium reading with a person, what is important is to not listen to the side of the brain that's saying, I can't do this. You know, it's not going to work. How do we put that aside? Well, it's very difficult. And that's why it's important to meditate and learn how to quiet that mind. And meditation, by the way, is as easy as sitting down, closing your eyes, and only paying attention to your breathing. And when thoughts come into your mind, just try to let them go. Just try to let them go. And then really just concentrate on your inhale and your exhale breath. And when you can gain a little bit of mastery on just paying attention to your breath and not, you know, the, those, those thoughts, those crazy thoughts in your mind will be less and less. They'll start to really quiet down. But it only takes a second and all of a sudden it's like, oh, did I turn off the coffee maker? And then <laughs> they start up again. So when we're doing a psychic or medium reading, it's important to try to quiet that mind. In fact, I have just read, I've, I've done a ton of readings since I've gotten home, and I've read that um, any of these psychic abilities 
uh, I don't, I don't know if this is 100% true, but it is my experience that it's true. Anytime my brain is filled with doubt, worry, or fear, or anxiety, it's not a way that, like, that doesn't allow a clear access for me to do any of the psychic stuff or communicate with a deceased loved one. Um, it shuts it down. Um, and, you know, I've had people even, people who have listened to the show write me and say, gosh, I, I know other people get signs from their loved ones, but I'm not getting any signs. And one woman uh, in particular, she was, she was grieving so bad and she, her, her brother had died and she wanted a sign so bad. And when I'm looking back on it now, I realize she had the doubt, she had the fear, uh, heavy in grief, trying too hard, worry. And so it makes sense that it wasn't, you know, he wasn't showing up for her. And not like he didn't want to, but everything deals with energy. And the more confident we feel and the happier we feel, it produces an energy that can connect our energy to our deceased loved one's energy or our friends and spirits energy. Let's put it to you that way. And so I instinctively had told the woman to try to quiet the thoughts that were in her brain and really try not to, try not to try, that sounds funny, but try not to try to listen to some of her favorite music, to go to see some movies, uh, joyful movies, to spend time with friends, to start doing things that made her feel good. And guess what happened? Well, her brother, who had died, had some kind of this ob- obscure random song that it, you never heard it on the radio because it was just some strange song. Well, she started hearing that song over and over and over. She'd hear people whistling it. It would be on the radio. I mean, like these strange things would happen. And some other things happened to her as well. But she got the signs she was looking for. And she reported back, it wasn't until I felt better and I wasn't trying that it allowed these things to happen. So I thought that that's pretty cool. So as far as working with somebody uh, to do a medium reading or a psychic reading, one of the bits of instruction was to remember a time in your life that you were really successful, that you were really confident and powerful and that you accomplish something and really feel that you have the power and yes, I can do this. And then also use your imagination, Um, almost act as if, you know, and play, you know, play is a good thing, you know, as if you could see somebody who was around your the person you're trying to do a reading for. I mean, it was just really, there's, there's some, there's some really interesting, uh, different ways we tried to access this right brain and to get some of these spirit communications. And I'll, and I'll tell you some of those uh, in a little while. They're crazy, but again, we're invoking our imagination and that's where this whole world of communication happens in the right brain. And it's like, like to me, it was fascinating stuff. And there were times that I actually had to pinch myself that I am sitting in this room and this instructor is telling me how to um, connect somebody's 
energy field and give him a psychic reading. And I really did feel like Harry Potter sitting at Hogwarts learning how to use the magic wand. I mean, it was, it was great. It was great because these were all regular people wearing regular clothing. There were, there was nothing mystical about it. it. It was like a classroom, but the subject matter we were talking about was like, oh my gosh, am I really learning this? Oh, it's just, just so great. So, I want to tell you about this psychic reading first because I've got a, <laughs> a pretty cool thing that had happened. So, again, let's back up. If you are doing a psychic reading on somebody else, you're just pretend you're sitting across from someone and if you can imagine that all of us human beings have this huge energy field around us. And so, as far as being the psychic or the medium, we have to, first of all, put ourselves in that frame of mind that I'm confident, you know, think about something powerful and confident that I've done in the past and, you know, yeah, I got this, I can do this, I can do anything, you know, and, and really feel that, really feel that confidence. And there is... Oh, it, it, it's feeling good, is shifting my energy, having an intent. Have you ever heard that expression? Like you intend something's going to go the way you say it's going to go? Well, the intent is that I can do this. I can do it. I can, of course, I can tell somebody all about them and do a psychic reading. Well, of course, you know. And so it's funny though, because my left brain wanted to kick in, like, who are you kidding, Sandra? No, you can't. I was like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Oh, talk about a mind game. So we had to imagine if we were to, this is just one of the different things we did, you know, if we were to actually like sit in somebody's shoes, what would you feel? And so, you know, the exercise really was to invoke our imagination and, you know, start talking. You know, one of the exercises was if you were looking at this person, you know, what kind of color would you associate with them? And and so, this is just a way to get involved, I think, with the imagination. And and so, okay, well, all of a sudden I'm thinking red. What is it about red? And then I'd start, okay, very loving. And of course, that's very vague. But then I found the more I got to kind of play with my imagination, the more things that would come out of my mouth that were accurate. There was a, a man that I was doing this um, the psychic practice on, and in my mind, I saw a koi fish pond in his in a yard, that's all I can say. It was just like a flash that came into my my imagination. And then when I verbalized it, sure enough, he's got a koi fish pond <laughs> with one koi fish in it. So there were several things like that that happened. And then there was also a lot of being wrong because a lot of it was my imagination. Uh, I want to tell you something really cool we did is in the beginning, there were 20, uh, maybe 20 of us in, in my group. The instructor had 12 of us pull our chairs to face a wall. So we had to, we were pretty close, not our knees to the wall, but pretty close staring at this wall. And behind us, she had another member of our class stand many feet behind us. And she had us all close our eyes. And we actually had to get into that moment where our mind is kind of quiet and have the intention of when do we feel a shift in energy? When has that person, their energy 
uh, crossed and mixed with my energy field. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, how in the world do you do that? Like, how do you do that? And also, she says, you know, this person is going to come walking up behind you. They're going to tap you on your shoulder when they show up. And she says, I just want you to, again, feel the confidence and blend with the energy of the other person by sheer intention. And she says, whatever images come to your mind, I want you to tell that person. And and that person can't speak. So, I like, I didn't know who was behind me. And I'd have to say something. And one tap is a yes. Two taps is a no. And three taps is I don't know. Okay. So, there I am looking at a wall. I close my eyes. And as I'm waiting for someone to tap me on the shoulder, sure as anything, all of a sudden, um, my body was filled with goosebumps and I felt different. You know, have you ever gone into a room and, you know, you can pick up the vibes, you can feel the vibes? Well, I think this is what they're talking about because I actually could feel something shift. And then all of a sudden I feel the little tap on my shoulder that that person was there. So, what the exercise was is, okay, did, does anything come into, I call it my radar screen, you know, any feelings, any sounds, any images? And so, I got this picture in my mind, it's just my imagination, of a blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman. So, I said, of course, thinking I'm going to be wrong, I said, okay, I'm seeing a picture of a blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman and I get one tap on the shoulder. So that meant one accurate tap that that person behind me was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman. And I'm thinking, no kidding. You know how bad I wanted to turn around and see who was behind me? I didn't, though. And then there were some things I said, like, um, I'm getting the name Paul, and there was a single tap. Uh, there were some other things that I I can't remember all of them, but I do remember seeing a black crucifix with uh, like outlined in silver and a single tap for that. And so when the time came for me to turn around and see who my partner was, you know, there was a blonde haired, blue eyed woman. And she told me her brother's name's Paul. You know, there's some other details that I got right and some other details I got wrong because I think my imagination was kicking in. But then also she is religious and she's got a rosary and I described what the crucifix on her rosary looked like. I thought, oh my gosh, you know, that was wild. And so in our, I call it our group, the beginners group, but we did a lot of practice working with people on this psychic level. And I found myself, found like words coming out of my mouth describing people that I felt like I didn't think about the words before I said them. They just fell out of my mouth. And and one woman I said, she helps people that are, uh, that want to commit suicide. And like, how would I know that? Right. And so she actually does work for a, uh, like a suicide prevention agency you know, and uh, super cool. And, you know, as far as fortune telling and the future goes, um, when we're reading somebody's energy, we are reading what, we can be reading like what they're thinking about or what they want to have happen. So, it's very possible that 
what we're saying is, you know, what we what they want to have happen. For instance, if someone wants to get a great job with an advertising company and they keep visualizing them working for that advertising company, the psychic might tap into their energy field and say, oh, I see you getting a job with a great advertising company. Now, that might not have come from a future prediction. That could have been from the thoughts in the person's energy field. Another thing I want to mention, remember earlier I mentioned sitting uh, and imagining yourself with a big sun and glow within you. Something very important that mediums do in practicing and getting stronger in their mediumship is something called sitting in the power. And it's a visualization, a meditation, like I explained earlier, imagining your soul and a giant glow coming from within you. And that's the your own glow of your own soul. And then imagining... Uh, what you might picture as the divine. You might, well, what I picture is a giant sun, and that's um, love, that's the divine, that's God, and imagining the two rays of light meeting, and just sitting, meditating, and soaking in that power. And again, there's intention involved and a real belief that that's what's happening within. And at the Arthur Finley College, one of the tutors told me that the single best way to get stronger as a mediumship is practicing sitting in the power. And it, you know, I imagine a battery getting recharged. And that's a great visual for me, and it might be for you too. So whether you intend on being a medium or if you just want to get stronger with your psychic sense and being able to connect with your loved ones and hear messages from them, I think that's a great practice. Great, great, great practice. It's not just me, Sandra Champlain, uh, connecting to your mom or dad or your child or your brother and sister or your friend. We each have spirit guides that work with us for this. They, this sounds funny, they're the mediums for the medium. Um, if you can imagine your loved one uh, in the spirit world working with these folks and they're the middlemen between me and the sitter, the person that we're, we're reading. So there's, in my mind, a prayer involved. There is this intention. There is feeling confident. Thinking of a great confident time that I, you know, I knew myself to be confident. This belief that I can do it. And then let's not forget that our deceased loved ones are the same people that they were here. They have the same personalities. I think some of the bad stuff may be gone, you know, not that any of us have bad stuff. They might be a little bit more enlightened, but you get somebody with like a crusty, dry sense of humor. Well, they still have that in the spirit world. Like I said, we don't die. Our bodies just disappear, but we survive physical death. I mean that. So, we as the mediums have to be polite. So, I'm just saying this to myself, but I am asking, you know, hello, I'm Sandra. If anybody wants to come through on behalf of my friend here, my new friend, you know, please show yourself. And so, what the coolest thing is that happened is that, you know, I'd start off by focusing my energy on the person uh, sitting across from me. But then, like magic, I would see in my mind's eye a picture of somebody that I didn't know. And so, 
then this is the homework is to not no longer focus on the person that's sitting in front of me focus on the person that I see in the spirit world. So if you ever get a medium reading, then you're face to face with somebody. Usually the medium's looking over your shoulder, looking at a blank wall, because we don't want to connect with your energy, because then we'll be doing another psychic reading on you. We want to connect and do it like a psychic reading on the person on the hereafter. And so that's where this great stuff comes in, because our thoughts are so important. And although I'm not in the other world to know how this is done, but I'm sure they're using the power of intention. They are creating visual images that are somehow coming into my mind. And my job as the medium is to tell the person I'm working with what I see, what I'm experiencing, uh, and things like that. So, my instructor, my tutor, was really wonderful, and she happened to notice that every time I I would attempt to do a medium reading, I was giving visual images of things that came into my mind, and she said to me, are you only getting visual? And I says, yeah, you know, and she says, okay, we want to work all the senses, and I said, oh, how the heck do we do that? And she says, well, just imagine that you're merging energy and you're actually standing in the shoes of the communicator. I thought, all right, right? Because <laughs> it sounds so crazy because it's like, what the heck? You know, again, this is when I'm like a fly on the wall thinking, where am I? What am I doing? And so this one woman that I was working with, I held the intention. Okay, there I am being confident. Yes, I can do this. And very nicely introduced myself to anybody <laughs> that's deceased that wants to come through. And sure enough, I saw an image in my mind of a man who had big bushy eyebrows and a mustache. And I got this feeling that it was her grandfather. So I described him. And again, as a sitter, you can just say yes, no, or I don't know. And she says, yes, yes, I can take that. And I thought, oh, well, that's great. And so then doing what the instructor said, I felt like I just had the intention to merge my body with this guy's body. And this is all done at an energetic level, so it's not like somebody is actually in my body. No. But I felt like my hands were really filled with calluses, like really big man's hands that were really calloused, and I felt like I was building houses. So I said to her, I said, I've got calloused hands, and I feel like I'm you know, I build houses. And she says, yes, yes, I can take that. I'm thinking, really? (laughs) Awesome. And then I got, and this is weird, but I actually felt in my mouth, like I had just taken a breath of a cigarette. Now I'm a non-smoker, but for one second, my mouth was filled with the taste of smoke. So I said, I smoke. And she says, yes, I can take that. I thought, Really? You know, this is just great. So then I felt like I was wearing a really big belt buckle. And she says, yes, yes, I can take that. And I gave her some, you know, it's funny, I always want to tell the good stuff. I can't really remember the things I told her that weren't true. But there was a few things that were kind of vague. You know, of course, somebody sends their love. Well, everybody would send their love and things. But I also saw a big mug of beer. And she says, yeah, I can take that. And then, this was crazy, but I felt myself falling on the ground, picking myself back up again, and falling on the ground again. And she says, 
after this was all said and done with, she says her grandfather built houses, he had calloused hands, the belt that he wore was something he won because he, he was a boxer, so he always used to wear that belt, and she says he would drink so much that he would, they'd make fun of him because he'd always fall down and he'd pick himself back up again, you know, and I thought, that is just so cool. And of course, the same thing would happen to me, people would turn to me and... um of course, my dad was an airline pilot, and one woman saw a man wearing this uniform and um, carrying a, a small suitcase, which I would think was my dad's kit bag filled with maps, and uh, traveled for a living. No, it wasn't a train. No, it wasn't a car. She says, oh, airplane. You know, and these are complete strangers knowing things. And it's, oh my gosh, it was, it was such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience. And over the course of five days, besides having great meals and a great place, uh, and having, there was a couple of these church services that we went to as well. Um, there was just a ton of practice. We got to work with different tutors and learn different things about mediumship. One, one of these was a really great, um, because we need to invoke our imagination. We, need, we really need to turn off that analytical mind that wants to tell us we can't do this. And so, we play. And so, one of the things we could imagine was if my cell phone started to ring and I say, hello, and who would be calling? So, I'm working with this one woman. And again, I set my intention up and became in that powerful feeling, you know, that I I try to be in. And so, hello, you know, and so all of a sudden I hear George. And so, I said to the woman, uh, I'm, I'm getting the name George. And she says, oh, yeah, I can take that. And then she says, okay, what does the person look like? So, I described to this woman, um, all I could really see was, I thought like a grandfatherly type person, but really tall, like six foot four, six foot six, really tall. And she says, yeah, I can take that. And I see him wearing a vest, but I, I don't think I really said much about the vest. And then she says, okay, so imagine you put out your hand and this person is giving you their very favorite object what would the person put in your hand? And so I got a fishing lure, like one of those fly fishing lures. And so as soon as that happened, that vest that this guy was wearing actually became like a, a fly fishing vest. And I thought, okay, so I'm telling my partner now when the exercise was over, she says, my grandfather's name was George. He was a fly fisherman and he loved, loved, loved his, his lures and he loved fishing. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. I mean, it was just, it was incredible. It was an, another exercise that we did that we had to imagine a, um, like a gate opening or a door opening and who would be on the other side. There's all these different, um, creative ways to, I think it's playing with our imagination. I mean, I think this whole world lives this of communication in, in our right brains. And so we need to just, like I said, quiet that, that real analytical uh, mind and, and work in this other side. So if you're somebody who's interested in learning mediumship, we can definitely talk more. And if you go to We Don't Die Radio, episode 102, I'm going to give you some, or I have some links to some different books. Uh, and of course, the Arthur Finley College Um and just other things that I know of that you can read more and, and find out more about this. Time goes by so fast, and I'm not even interviewing anyone. 
Uh, let me just get to some more things about spiritualism and my week at the Arthur Finley School. One of the people that spoke talked about the difference between spiritualism and other religions. And what I remember so clearly is that he, uh, he or she, I can't even remember who said it, um, said, if you can imagine a whole bunch of different lamps and lampshades, okay? There's so many different kinds of lamps, like there's so many different kinds of religions, but there's only one light. So, doesn't matter what you practice, there's that one God. I call I call it God. Some people say the universe or whatever, but for me, it's God. So, many lamps, many different religions, just one light, okay? So, that's great. Something else that happens with spiritualism is they practice and also teach healing, spiritual healing. Spiritual healing is something fantastic. There's physical healing, there is emotional healing, there's different kinds of healings that take place. And although I haven't studied too much about it, if that's something you're interested in, I just did a wonderful, wonderful episode with uh, Minister Matthew Smith. It was episode 100, and you can learn more about healing. Um, there is something called trance mediumship, where the medium puts themselves into such a deep state of quieting their mind and connecting with spirit that very often they can channel um, our deceased loved ones. They can channel people that may be our guides. They can channel philosophy, some really um, deep and insightful and important messages come through. In fact, one night uh, of the class, instead of having the church service, we went to the sanctuary and there's a woman named Eileen Davies, who's been a spiritualist minister for many, many, many years, who actually put herself in this trance state. Um, and lo and behold, voices of three different beings, uh, all with different accents, came out of her. And my mind was trying to fight it and say, now, come on, this is crazy, that can't be. Well, she spoke at length, or these beings spoke through her at length, with the most profound words of inspiration about what life is about, living, what the world of the hereafter is about. And even though my left brain wanted to fight it and say, this can't be, I knew in my heart and soul that this is real. Um, there's something I did not experience at the Arthur Finley School, but I found out about it, something called physical mediumship, which is a whole much deeper way of of um, connecting with the spirit in, in which things actually start happening, like um, voices come through, things start moving in the room, The our deceased loved ones can manipulate energy and... Uh, it's a whole nother world, which to me is a really fascinating thing. So I'll be learning more about that and sharing in future episodes. So our, our time's coming to the end. I just want to make sure that I've told you a lot of good stuff here. Um, one of the other episodes I was, I, I had at the show is Martin Twycross, and he's also a spiritualist minister and also a tutor at the Arthur Finley College. Another great guy who teaches mediumship. There's so much to say about the week I had at the Arthur Finley College. I think the most important thing to say is 
the feeling um, beyond a shadow of a doubt that we don't die, that our loved ones are still with us, that we are all these really powerful souls um, that can can connect and do these things. I mean, at night, Darla and I would be under the covers in our little twin beds there and and telling each other the stories of what happened during the day, you know, and she was doing just as many, if not more, incredible medium medium readings and, and things that I did, you know, it's just like, oh, so super. If you are somebody who lives around a spiritualist church, and you can just Google spiritualist churches and see what's in your area, you can actually attend some church services. Now, the Spiritualist National Union in the UK is different from what we have in the United States, um, and it's just they have their their principles, I guess that's the best way to put it, uh, and some of the churches here in the United States might be a little bit different, but I think the same evidence of the life after death remains the same and what the message is about life. And it's more than just providing uh, proof that our souls go on. It's also a religion about how to live life powerfully and be responsible for our lives and and so much more. I found, I, I was told through the Arthur Finley College that there is actually an online church that I joined and it's cheap. I think it was about $35 a year US, uh, maybe 21 pounds a year UK. But if you go to snui.org, it's the Spiritualist National Union International. And held through a series of live webinars, you can take courses in mediumship. You can go to a service, an online, no kidding, they go through all uh, the things that happen in a regular um, spiritualist service. There are speakers, there is a reading, there is music, um, and at the end of the service, two of the ministers will give medium readings for the people that are live on that webinar. And the first one I had gone to, there were only about 18 people that were in the live service. I, I don't think too many people know, or it's it, they'll know now after this episode airs, but it's a, if you're somebody who's interested in, in being part of this and possibly getting a, a medium reading, you know, to be there listening in this live webinar, uh, you can see who else is in the room. Everybody just puts their first name in there. And I'll just tell you something cool that happened to me. What nobody knows is I go out walking every day, and right now in my area, there's a lot of old dandelions. And do you remember being a kid and picking up a dandelion and blowing it and making a wish? Well, I've been going out picking up dandelions and making wishes like I'm a little girl, and I have been doing that uh, for several days in a row, just being silly and just... It was just happy, and I was blowing and making wishes, and and so um, I was online in this snui.org site for their, it wasn't a Sunday service, but it was a service nonetheless, and lo and behold, the medium, the minister who was giving uh, this demonstration, she says, okay, there's a father here, and she described what my dad looked like, and says his daughter is here. And and I'm thinking, no, nah, can't be, can't be, can't be for me. And she says, your dad is with you when you walk. 
and when you pick up the dandelions and you blow them and you make a wish. And gave some other details, but oh my gosh, that was so beautiful. And this woman, I think, was in Sweden, and here I was sitting in Massachusetts, and this message was for me. Just beautiful. So, if you want to learn more about spiritualism, if you want to take part in some of the courses, there's also something uh, I didn't discuss, but you could learn... um, well, kind of one of these elective group classes that we could take, something called spirit art. And this is how you can connect with your with a deceased loved one and actually draw pictures. Um, you can channel philosophy, which is amazing. And um, if, if you don't mind, just the last thing I'll, I'll tell you is uh, what I just did a few minutes ago, channeling philosophy. But what channeling philosophy is, is like connecting to your deceased loved ones, but then just being a vehicle for uh, some philosophy, some profound words of inspiration to come through. So, that's a, another way of doing this. There's also something, something called automatic writing, where you keep your mind busy doing something, but meanwhile, you might be listening to music or something, but meanwhile, you have a pen and, or pencil and a notepad, and you just let your hand write whatever it wants to write. And often there are messages that show up on that paper. And that's really, really, really cool. You know, and there's people that have no artistic ability. And there was one lady that, <clears throat> I think she had artistic ability, but she would connect with the the other world. And in two minutes, she just, her both hands would start moving and she would draw a picture with both hands and it would be a picture of a person. And it was who she just saw in her mind and and she'd work with a person and that sure enough would be their loved one. Um, really, really cool. Uh, I met a woman called Reverend Rita Berkowitz, who I'd love to have on this show. If you go to her website, thespiritartist.com, she's retired now, but she was a minister in the spiritualist faith. And she not only gave you a great medium reading of, of who was around you, but she drew a picture of them. So, I mean, just really fantastic stuff. So, I, I also encourage you... Um, to get the book by Reverend Rita Berkowitz called An Idiot's Guide to Communicating with Spirits. And again, I have the link to that book on We Don't Die Radio, episode 102, because that's got so much about what I learned, The Idiot's Guide to Communicating with Spirits, it's called. So, what I'm going to leave you with is something that I just did. Um, when I left the Arthur Finley School, I was all geared up that here I was going to go practice on people and do medium readings and um, get better. And the truth of the matter is I have been so afraid. <laughs> oh, I wish I wasn't. Um, but it really takes something. And just learning that fear can't be in the same place as doing a medium reading. It's it's ha- had me... Um, start doing everything I can to learn how to release fear because I really wanted to get better on this. And maybe, you know, you might let me practice on you sometime. Who knows? But what I decided to do this late this afternoon was, okay, I'm too afraid to try to do a medium reading on someone. Although, you know what? I am sitting in the power every day and doing my meditation. I decided to see if I could connect with a spirit to channel this philosophy. Okay. So this, I imagine me just at my keyboards and I said, okay, God, <laughs> whoever wants to come through me, I'm open to receive. And so I want to read to you what my fingers started typing. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. 
Okay, this is what I what what I wrote, what was written through my fingertips. And again, this was not me contemplating what I was going to write. This was just it, it just came out of me. I first of all, I saw a picture in my mind of a bright white full moon glistening on the waves in a pitch black um ocean with just the light coming from a moon. So that's what I saw in my mind's eye. Here we go. Silver are the seas, and the moonlight bounces from one wave to the next, gently stirring and moving. The crests are but a moment in time that is quickly forgotten. Life for you and me is quite the same. Silvery, glittery, glistening moments of greatness are highlights and pleasantries, so wonderful, so joyful, illuminated by the moon as the beauty dances upon the shallow waves. Beneath the water, the fish watch in wonder. They dance in delight. However, only the moon knows a dramatic shift will soon occur. It is not known when it will happen. But as sure as the brightness of the day is replaced with the darkness of night, so too will the seas become stormy. A great gale force arrives and wreaks havoc on the ocean waters. High tides and waves abound, crashing like thunderous storms on the waters. The peaks and valleys are mighty. Danger looms for the ship on the water. Danger looms for all of us who fall entranced to the dark clouds and giant waves in our minds. The fish go deep to the bottom of the ocean where it is safe and peaceful. To those witnessing the surface of the water, the moon reflects a violent ocean. However, to the moon, it does not really matter. For millions of years, the moon sits quietly in its place and just observes. Be the moon. Act as the fish and go deep into the quiet stillness of your depths. Times will always change. Be confident of that. Remember the moon and you will remember thyself. So I signed it Sandra Champlain, but I don't really believe that I wrote that. Uh, I've had kind of a stressful day and what a message to hear that there's ups and downs quiet the mind, go to the stillness. Man, the moon has been there forever and times change. And I, and I think whether I wrote it or I channeled it, I believe actually that I did channel it because I'm not that, that good a writer. Um, what a profound message it is. So as I close this show right now, um, I want to really recommend that you check out more of the Arthur Finley College. ArthurFinleyCollege.org is their website. If one of their courses feels like something you should be at, I recommend you just go for it. You go for it. And for some people, it's taking a flight across a big old ocean. Um, but you know what? I did it. And as scared as I was, I was safe. I was with a bunch of other people that were just great regular people. But if this is something call, that calls to you, you might choose to go there. Uh, and again, we don't die radio.com uh, episode 102. I have some more links and maybe you're not ready to make a jump across the ocean, but you want to learn more about your psychic abilities, about mediumship. And I've got some links of things that you can 
uh, find out about. So I love that. So in closing, I want to say, really say to you, thank you. And the big thank you comes from, it's been two years that I've had this show and you've been listening. And uh, and again, this might be your first show and you have no idea what I'm talking about, but that's okay too. I still want to thank you for being here because it means a lot to me. It means a lot to your friends because so many of you share with people on Facebook. But the fact that you're interested in this tells me that you're interested in living the best life possible. Um, I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, we don't die. You won't die. Your loved ones who may not be with you physically are still alive and you will see them again. Your life is for a reason. It's for the education of the soul. And unfortunately, most of the soul growth comes in in the really crummy times in our life when there's the most amount of pain. But if you can trust just for a little while that there is a bigger picture and it will all have a happy ending, it will, and you may not be able to see it right now, but there will be a moment that your soul, your spirit will go home and that is connecting with the other spirits that have gone before us, and it will all make sense. So I hope this episode's made a difference and empowers you to live a a great life. So just in closing, my name's Sandra Champlain, and I have been your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I want to thank you for listening and encourage you, really encourage you to take this for real, go after your dreams, know that no harm is going to come to your soul. You are one mighty, powerful spirit. Um, and I want to thank you for listening. Please feel free to write me, Sandra at sandrachamplain.com. And what else can I tell you? That's it. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.